Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that people don't really address, which is when your kids' positive emotions trigger you. Um, so I'm not talking about when they get angry and sad and that makes you really upset, but rather when some people, and I'll talk about who feel uncomfortable when their child is feeling really happy or excited, let's say. So, um, before we do that, I just want to tell you guys all to subscribe. I have a lot of subscriber episodes coming out. Like why fixing things does not always impress your wife. So a lot of guys fix things around the house. They think this is really masculine and really helpful. And some of their wives don't give a shit. And I get into why. So that is your next subscriber episode. And there's like probably now close to 60 subscriber episodes. So anyway, getting back to the issue that we're going to discuss. So if you were raised in a dysfunctional family of origin, you may have learned that emotions are very dangerous. And specifically... Um, it, it, it's dangerous to, first of all, it's dangerous to get any attention. So you kind of always have to watch your emotions because you don't want to trigger a parent when you're always walking on eggshells around a very difficult parent, parent who struggles with substance abuse issues, with depression, with bipolar, with things like that. Um, you, you really don't want to trigger them. So you don't want to stand out. Uh, kids, walk on eggshells they try to blend into the surroundings so if you come in yelling because you're so happy that's not going to go well and um if you come home happy really about anything it's it's going to attract attention and attention is not a good thing you may get hit you may get yelled at uh, that you may have woken the parent, you may be disturbing the parent who is extremely irritable and who doesn't like to be bothered. Now, also you learn that if you're happy, somebody might take that away from you, whatever the thing is that made you happy. So in very abusive households uh, with parents who are more severely mentally ill, they, uh, they're very abusive and they don't... Um, they, they don't know what to take away from you if you don't like anything. So you learn that if you like something, you should not share what it is because it will get taken away from you. And I just shared a meme about this on my Facebook page where somebody wrote about it, about the experience of having to learn that if you like something, then, uh, then that gets taken away from you first. So you should always hide what you like. So it's the same with happiness. You want to show nothing. You want to be totally stone-faced because if, you, if something makes you too happy, it gets taken away. So for example, if you're really excited to eat your ice cream, then when your parent gets mad at you, they throw out your ice cream. And this is like, you know, um, really sad to think about. If you've experienced it, then it is no shock to you that this happens. Uh, if you haven't experienced anything like it, but your partner has said that they come from an abusive household, uh, with parents who acted spiteful and violent, then you can um, maybe think about whether this actually happened to your spouse, the same spouse that may have trouble with your children now when they express happiness, even if they don't do that same thing. 
So, um, so in so if you were raised in a dysfunctional family of origin, you also didn't get a lot of positive experiences, which is also important for later as we're trying to d- develop the context for why somebody would be particularly attuned in a negative way to their own child's positive emotions, even if they love the child. Um, so you didn't get a happy childhood. And honestly, this can make you jealous can make you jealous of your own kids. And that's like really taboo to admit, but it's normal. It's a normal human emotion. So A, you may be jealous of your own kids for feeling happy about things, even as you with one hand try to give them the good things. With the other hand, you are basically trying to not take them away, but... um, uh, minimize them. So like if, if you were somebody, let's say, who grew up with uh, in extreme poverty, then you could be trying to give your kids a lot of stuff, material stuff, but you're also kind of looking down on them at the same time and almost diminishing their joy in these things because you feel jealous of it. Nobody ever gave you that stuff. And it isn't true that you just as an adult, as a parent, become some kind of a saint. You can be jealous of your own kids and people frequently are jealous, for example, of uh, their kids in that their spouse seems to prefer the kids to them. And this is another thing you're not allowed to say out loud, but it's a total normal human experience of a parent. And another one is being jealous literally of the childhood that your kids are getting, even, even as you're giving it to them because you love them and you want them to have all the best of everything, but still you feel very resentful and particularly uh, when it's kind of um, very obvious. So when they're obviously so happy, you're happy, but then you're also conflicted. And none of this is to say, so if you do experience these triggered feelings when your child experiences positive emotion, you're not a bad parent, you know, at all. You're just somebody who's choose obviously did not have a good upbringing, has a lot of conflicted feelings toward uh, happiness, toward emotion in general, toward kids and parents, toward everything, and um, everything interpersonal, and, and you're trying to figure it out, which is why you're probably listening to my podcast overall. So that's admirable, right? This doesn't to say anybody's a bad parent. So another reason, again, is because you feel you were never allowed to have Uh, big emotions as a kid because they could trigger somebody, a parent's volatility, or at least their attention, which was not a good thing. So you learn to keep your emotions really close to the vest there and to keep your, your face, you know, like a poker face. And so then when your kids are like really happy and just bounding around and like laughing and all of that, they look very vulnerable. They look like they could get hurt. And you know intellectually you're not going to hurt them, but you feel like the world will hurt them somehow, that they are being too obvious, you know? It's like a version of what people used to think about the evil eye that um, used to th- so, um in, in in Eastern Europe, there was the idea that if you compliment your children, then you're just attracting the um, the attention of the bad spirits who think that you're bragging. And therefore, if you say anything good, then you should spit over your shoulder or do something else to get rid of the evil spirit's attention. Because if the evil spirits know that you love your child too much, they'll take your child from you. And it's it's so people in in those cultures, which were like you know my grandparents' era and before. Uh, so it's it's not currently, but people in those cultures they learned not to uh, advertise 
positive emotions about their kids because they felt they had the superstition that that was just courting, you know, um, fate and that bad things would happen if you basically brag too much and the bragging would be expressing positivity. And there is a lot of that that was passed down, even if people don't remember the original superstition or old wives' tales that went along with it. There is still the idea uh, if you grew up in, in a family that was very guarded about emotion and where emotion was was not a good thing and could get you made fun of, could get you hit, uh, could get you yelled at. So then now, even though you're trying to be a good parent, you want your kids to be happy. When they are too happy, it makes them feel like seem very, very vulnerable and unsafe to you. It makes them feel like, makes you feel like they're too soft, like the world is just going to take shit from them. And it's, it's almost like hard to watch. It's like staring into the sun. It's like too hard to watch them being happy because you think that something bad will happen. And this isn't because of anything real. And it's important to, if this resonates with you, it's important to recognize this is a cognitive distortion that arose in your upbringing from how you your positive emotions were treated by your family. This does not really mean anything. It's a superstition. It's derived from superstition, even if that's not uh, articulated or not even known. And what you, when your kids are happy, it doesn't mean that they are going to be more vulnerable to attack later. It means, in fact, the opposite, that they are going to have many, um, they, they have a layer of protection because happiness and feeling secure, which is how your children are expressing security, by the way, so this is a positive on you as a parent that they're able to express positive emotions freely. That is protective. If bad things do happen to them, if there are bullies, if there are things that happen, uh, you know, that, that are out of their control, out of your control, it is is protective to have had a foundation of happy, secure childhood. That is actually a, it, it, it isn't true that you can toughen up kids by um, hurting them, you know, and getting them used to pain, it, whether emotional or physical. Nobody really thinks physical anymore, but sometimes people can think emotional, like, oh, frustration is good. Yeah, frustration is good if it happens naturally. Frustration isn't good if it's a parent that is specifically making life hard for you on purpose. And the people that do this usually had so much bad shit happen to them that they are really doing it out of um, mistaken, mistakenly doing it out of the best intentions, out of love for the child. So all the dads that want to toughen up their sensitive sons, they're not doing it because they hate the kid. They're doing it because they love the kid. And seeing the kid be so kind of sensitive and happy and just walking around, they think, man, you are going to just get fucked by the world. You have to learn the world's not a happy place and bad shit happens. Now, of course, bad shit may not happen to this kid that much, you know, because this kid is, is more protected. This kid is your kid and you can kind of be in charge of at least a lot of the stuff that happens in their childhood and their childhood may not have really much overlap with yours at all. And as I said, it is it is prote protective and strengthening for a child to have a strong basis, uh, a foundational level of thinking the world is good. This is actually helpful. In fact, um, a... a 
uh, one of the factors that leads to an increased likelihood of combat-related PTSD, and I may have mentioned this in a podcast, I know I mention it in sessions a lot, is having had an abusive childhood. So if it were true that you could toughen kids up, then the people with abusive childhoods would then not have combat-related PTSD. They would be used to all the bad shit already. Instead, it makes them more likely. Because when you're a kid and you have all this cortisol released in your brain and you become hypervigilant to attack, all that does is wire you to, to have a greater likelihood for depression, anxiety, PTSD, and any other negative mental health outcome. So it, that's the, the empirical basis for not trying to toughen up a kid. The other basis is that you don't want to be that kind of a parent. So even if you are just uncomfortable around your child's happy emotion, on some level you're showing them that it's not okay to be happy. And it is okay to be happy. It's good to be happy. You want them to be happy. And the best way to be a happy adult is to practice by being a happy child. So sometimes people really can just challenge their beliefs in this way and and kind of openly look at the distorted ways that they've been viewing um, these emotions in their kids and choose to act differently. And that goes back to my fake it till you make it podcast, you know, even if it doesn't feel real to you and genuine at first, if you notice that when your kid acts too happy or too excited, you kind of like shit on it a little bit, whatever they're talking about, or you avert your eyes, or you just get kind of a free-floating resentment or jealousy or anger or, or some negative emotion like that, you can practice coming forward with a smile and saying, oh, I'd like to see you happy, buddy, or something like that. Even if it seems so outside of your character, you can practice. And when you see the child, you can be even more relieved and happier. That can create a virtuous cycle where you are realizing then that you are breaking the intergenerational transmission of trauma and you are being a parent that's happy when their kid is happy. When you, you may not genuinely feel like that, uh, but, but you can get there. And your own parent wasn't happy when you were happy, likely. Your own parent had lots of shit to deal with of their own. They passed some of it on to you. And now you want to pass even less on to your child. That would be the goal. So if, if you are somebody who has experienced this and you have a spouse who grew up in a more securely attached family, they may not even really understand what you're talking about if you try to share this. But it would be something valuable to share because I'll bet anything that they've picked up on it and that, they, and that they'll say, oh, yeah, I know. I noticed that. I noticed that whenever Jimmy's really happy, you like look to the side or you say something bad about it. Or he comes home and he says, I got this book for free from the book fair. And you say, yeah, well, you're not going to get things for free your whole life. So enjoy it now. And he's five, you know. So uh, (laughs) and, and if you're thinking what's wrong about saying that to Jimmy, it's a really fucking negative, cynical, kind of depressive worldview, not to mention that you're not joining him in his happiness, which is the definition of empathy, is being able to join somebody in their emotion. So if you want to shit on Jimmy's free book from the Scholastic Fair, then think right then that you're probably setting Jimmy up to recognize 
recognize that reaction as familiar. And when one day he has a wife where he comes home and he says, I got a raise. And the wife says, well, it's about time we got something out of that shit job of yours. Well, then you're setting him up for that. And nobody wants Jimmy to be married to some woman that's not happy for his raise or whatever the hell he likes to do or does or accomplishes. So this is another motivating um, factor here for changing your worldview on this and more importantly, at least at first, your behaviors and what you say is that you are setting your kid up to assume that relationships are, um, and you're going to recognize this from your upbringing, um, relationships are not safe. Relationships are where people are trying to drag each other down and they're trying to point out um, problems when the other person is happy and to poke holes in the balloon of the other person's happiness. And you probably recognize that yourself from a dynamic that happened in your family growing up if you're somebody who struggles with this. So you do not want your child to think of relationships like that because there's plenty of relationships where people are happy for one another. You didn't happen to see many growing up, but you want your kid to see them in your house. Now, some people are happy when their kids are happy, but they're not happy when their partner is happy. Well, then just think about it in terms, again, of the family of origin. Likely, somebody was happy when you were happy at least some of the time. It wasn't quite as bad as as the real bad cases that I'm talking about, but your parents weren't happy for one another. So you had no idea what it looked like for somebody to come home and say something good happened and somebody else to turn around with a smile. If somebody came home and said that something good happened, first of all, they'd be some kind of moron to do that because the other person so obviously wasn't going to be happy for them. And second of all, if they were stupid enough to do it, then the other person shat all over whatever they said. And this was not usually one victim and one perpetrator. Usually it's two miserable people that are very sad in their lives and take it out on one another by tearing each other down. And if you saw anything resembling that between your parents, then it is likely very hard for you to be happy when a partner is happy now because you've seen no template for it. So again, what am I going to say? Fake it till you make it. Try to change the dynamic with your partner. Because aside from directly how you treat your child, the most second most important thing to your child's development and health is watching how you treat your spouse, the relationship between the child's parents, which they're observing at all times. So try when your partner comes home and says, you know, oh, look, I got this special cereal to be like, oh, that looks good, instead of how much was it? or whatever you usually say as, you know, a paragon of optimism. So this, this sort of idea of being triggered by positive emotions is usually something that people have to dig deep to see, but your partner certainly knows it. And they will have said stuff to you like, why are you never happy for me? And things like that. Children will not say that because they don't know of anything else. They've never really, they, they, they won't say, uh, Daddy, why are you never happy for me? Mommy is. They won't say that because who the hell wants to get into that kind of discussion when you're already probably somebody that they're a little bit intimidated by, if not outright scared of. But a partner will usually have said it to you outright. So hopefully this podcast gave you something to think about. Um, it is it is hard to parent and to be partnered as an adult child of dysfunctional families, but. But that does not mean that you cannot try and improve. And people constantly do in therapy. They learn how to think about things differently, how to act differently. It's an incremental process, but it's something to be incredibly proud of. If you're raised in the Brady Bunch, you know, you go and have your happy family. 
okay, that's cool. You know, parenting's hard for everybody, but it's a little less hard for that person. <laughs> so if you were raised though in, in pretty much, you know, shit, then if you can approximate anything healthy, that is a lot, a lot, a lot to be proud of. So really, you know, it would certainly be easier for you to have an automatic default, a template of uh, loving and close parenting and secure attachment and all of these wonderful things. But if you don't, you could be even prouder of yourself for working on it and trying to break the intergenerational transmission of dysfunctionality and to be the person who decides to really take a hard look at your own behavior and and reframe things and try to get outside your comfort zone and be the parent that you wish that you had. That can actually be very healing. It can allow you to process and grieve your childhood and to understand that you have stopped something terrible from continuing, at least in part, as much as you can, and that your own kids are going to be even better parents than you were because you set them up in ways that your parents did not and could not set you up. So think about these things. These are um, really, you know, deep life-changing sorts of realizations to have about oneself and to make these links between your family and your current functioning as a parent. But there's really no work that's more meaningful than that. Uh, I hope everybody has a good day and I will talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.